live from the Financial Thing Studios. It's the Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Lawrence with FinancialThing.com. Don't forget to visit the website. It has all of the reviews of the financial companies, peer-to-peer lending companies and crowd lending companies that I invest my own money through and a lot of articles about DIY investing. We're going back to the investing essentials right now. Um, it's really important to get to know the people who are behind the companies that you're considering investing through. And today I have Jan Murciano on the Skype with me. He's going to run through some of the things about Blend Network, which um, I've been I've known Yan since about August of 2018, been over to his office, and we've chatted quite extensively about his business, but I wanted to bring him on the video so you could see what he's about, let him explain a little bit about how Blend works, and we're going to chat about some other things. So, how are you doing, Yan? Thanks for taking the time to come and be here today. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi, Lawrence. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. So, we're just going to run through some... Uh, some questions here and first of all the first thing you can tell me is when was blend network actually launched so we we started the business in uh, summer 2016 after i left uh, morgan stanley i was a uh, background to give everyone a bit my background i was uh, i was uh, trading commodities at morgan stanley over 10 years um, we launched the business in 2016 and we really did our first loan in 2017, in August 2017. So we did a couple of deals more with like friends and family to test the platform. And we officially launched in January 2018. So about 18 months ago now. Who can invest through Blend at the moment? Do you accept anybody outside of the UK? Is it strictly UK people? No, we we accept uh, anyone really, uh, individuals and corporates. the idea is we, we have to be able to uh, do the KYC and email check on you. I think the, I mean, as, as long as we can do the KYC and email, you should be able to invest. The only problematic one is probably actually US taxpayers for the obvious reason, you know. Yeah, always the USA seems to be <laughs> the biggest issue, which, yeah, land of the free and everything, but they have the, the most problems. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what Blend Network actually offers to investors mm-hmm. as companies out there that offer property-backed peer-to-peer lending. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain a little bit to me, Yan, about what type of loans and uh, products that Blend actually offers to investors? Sure. So our strategy is really to lend to um, with the property as a security. Every loans, every loans we've done have a first charge on the property. We do bridging and development finance. And the idea is we are focused on the small and medium projects. So we do the loans from 150,000 pounds up to 3 million pounds. And the idea of that is we believe it's the small and medium project that are less service in terms of finance. Uh, when you're looking for bigger projects at 5 or 10 millions, there's a lot of institutional money around how we lend to them. But on a smaller project, it's more difficult to borrow. And that's how we manage to offer a better risk award on the, on the platform because people want to borrow 500,000 pounds, for example, for a development project. They will be happy to pay a higher interest rate to access liquidity. 
And that's why we think Plan Network is a really good platform where we can connect basically uh, private investors with, uh, with those developers. Now, a second point that's very important is we really believe with since stamp duty has increased and Brexit more recently, there's a two-speed market at the moment. Um, if you look at central London, super luxury assets, super luxury properties, they really struggle to sell at the moment. So what we really like is to finance the development in the regions and people are building, you know, flats for 100, 200,000 pounds, houses for three, four, 500,000 pounds. That's what managed to sell quickly. And that's why there's a very good demand and the lack of supply, I think. So that's what we're really focused on because end of the day, we're lenders. So if we lend to a property developer for 18 months, we want to be repaid within 18 months. We don't want to be lending, I mean, the first 12 months, the guy is building it and then we're stuck with the product for another two years because he cannot sell it. Uh, that's why it's really key. Obviously, loan to value is very important, but it's not enough in our eyes. We, we need to look at the liquidity of the asset and how's the market for these type of properties. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and can you tell me, how do you actually source your loans? Are they being underwritten by you or are you sourcing them through other means? So we have um, a very expensive team here, um, including former property developers. Uh, Paul Watson used to uh, work at Octopus and JLL is running the origination here. So those guys will always visit the site, meet the borrower, review the deals really, making sure um, the quality of the deal is good. And then once we we have a project that is good and those guys have done their due diligence and approved it, we have a credit committee with uh, Charles Lampluff and myself. So we're two ex-bankers. Charles has spent over 35 years at Lloyds Bank, um, where he was doing exactly the same thing, reviewing uh, these type of deals. And myself, so we both review it and it has to be approved by both of us before we listen to the platform. One thing as well is quite important just to show skin in the game, have so far personally invested in every loans we have listed on the platform. If an investor, you know, buys up some of your loans and decides that they want to try to get out of those, do you offer some kind of an exit market or secondary market? And if so, what are the fees to use that on the platform? We do offer a secondary market. Um, the, 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 the guy who owns the loan parts can sell it on the second market at the price he wants. Uh, we don't obviously guarantee the liquidity, but it would trade between lenders. And literally every loan that we had on the secondary market uh, so far at par value or discount has been sold very quickly. Um, yeah, so they, they technically can use the secondary market and the, the buyer will have to pay the price that the seller is offering. So sometimes they offer at par value, sometimes the seller needs his liquidity quickly, so he will put a small discount and it goes. so. On, a, on the platform, including the second market, the lenders never pay any fee. The only fee that they will be on the platform is for the seller of the, of the loan parts. Uh, they will pay 0.6%. So that's six pounds every thousand pounds. So you said 0.6% for the seller, correct? Correct. Exactly. Nothing for the buyer. Also, yeah. So how much is the minimum investment requirement into each loan? Minimum investment is uh, is thousand pounds, and lenders can invest in multiple of thousand uh, pounds. 
as you probably know, and, and me being an investor, there's definitely some challenges right now mm -hmm. in the property back loan market. Um, one being the increased default rates that we're seeing as the loan books mature through some of the companies that are offering high, high interest returns. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that you blend offers actually up to 15% mm -hmm. interest rates, but I noticed a lot of your loans are sort of in the 7 to 10, 11, 12, 11 rate. Um, can you talk about how you manage the risk? You know, I know you said you've um, had zero defaults so far, but how do you manage those risks to keep those default rates where they are right now, which is, is non-existent? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, so we, we've done loans up to 15%, and you're a majority of loans are probably going to be like 8 to 12% per annum. Um, talking about the other platforms, some platforms who have some really bad results, I think the key thing, and that's probably the, one of the challenges using a peer to peer platform, is about doing a bit of due diligence on the platforms, on the management of the platform making sure there's, I think, finance and property experience, and strong experience, that's going to make the difference. Um, it's good to have a good technology, but that's far away from being enough uh, to have the good products on the platform. And that's why I think we've been very focused on Blend, is to make sure we're offering good deals, good loans on the platform. So the key thing is on the due diligence, we're always going to make sure the project makes sense first, like the cost to build, the profit, um, the, the location, the, the exit price, the project has to make sense. And so once we review the project in details, we're going to look at the experience of the developer. First, does he, how much equity is putting into the project? Because we're never going to fund 100% of the costs. We always want the developer to have skin the game by putting some money and giving us some personal guarantees. And then we're going to look at his, at his experience, making sure he's done similar project in the past. What you don't want is a guy, you know, has done property for 10 years, refurbing studios, and suddenly wants to build uh, 15 new apartments. That would not work out. So that's the key thing is really, we meet the guys and make sure they're switched on, they know what they're talking about, they've done it a few times in the past, and they've been successful at it. Um, and that's really key. I mean, selecting the deals, I think, is, so we're building our reputation here and making sure uh, the deals are good on the platform. I mean, we literally refuse probably about 90% of the deals we've seen. Um, and it's usually because of the lack of experience, lack of equity or profitability in the project or poor exits. Um, and on top of the, basically, I mean, as I said, we have a good team with finance and property experience, but the fact that we have skin the games, uh, skin the game. I mean, have invested myself in all the deals, and our shoulders are also lenders on the platform. It shows that we really care about. Let's talk about property valuations. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest issues that I've seen over my f close to five years of lending experience now as an investor is uh, the valuation difficulties that exist, especially within the property side of lending. Um, a lot of the valuations have turned out to be inaccurate. Um, sometimes inflated looks like to try to get the loans through. How do you deal with the valuation side of things to make sure that the valuations are actually accurate should you need to take possession and sell to recover funds? Right. So, I mean, about the RIGS valuation, 
obviously, I mean, we believe we must have one because they're independent. And if they're right or wrong, because they're independent, we have no say into the valuation. But what's very important on top of the valuation is we do our own comparables. And sometimes we will see it's true, the valuation may be slightly higher than what we expected. But we look at, let's say, the, we think the value is going to be 1 million. If the, if the valuation come out 1.1 million, then we'll just take a conservative way and say, with a valuation of 1 million, the, the lower valuation that we believe it is, should we still do the project? Should we still finance this project? And if it works out, we're happy. We have a lot of other scenarios where it's the opposite, where the valuation actually comes uh, lower than what we think it should be. But in that case, it's the same thing. We're going to use the lower of the two, and we're going to use the risk valuation and do and lend against that. So it might reduce the level of gearing we're offering to the uh, to the property developer. That's a, that sounds like a very sensible way of doing things. Now, Yan, you mentioned before how important it is when you're an investor in peer-to-peer -peer lending to look at the companies, look at the platform. Mm -hmm. um, regarding Blend Network, are you a profitable company at the moment? If not, how long is it going to take you to be operating in the black? Yeah, I mean, we're not profitable yet. We're too young to be profitable because we, um, at the moment, we basically, we've been hiring a few people to scale our origination. Um, we were expecting to be profitable end of next year. What's, uh, we literally very recently uh, closed an equity round. I think I told you in the past about it, that was in end of last year. And we're really excited about it because we got some really high profiles on the, um, as shareholder of the business. And that was really key for us to get this type of investors because, I mean, we could have gone to typical venture capitalists who will be looking to, uh, to buy equity into blend. But those guys will be pushing us to scale, scale, scale. For us, the culture is really about bringing good quality deals. And by having shareholders who are also lenders, they understand that the priority is uh, other loans and, and the deals before uh, basically scaling too quickly. So part of our shareholders, we have um, Cyrus Ardalan, who's chairman of uh, Citigroup Global Markets and he's chairman of Oknor Bank as well, so really high profile. We have Jean-Philippe Blocher, who's the co-founder of Brevan Howard. He was uh, at the peak, those guys were managing $40 billion. So it's a very big macro hedge fund. And we have also Maurice Levy, who was the CEO, he's not currently the chairman of uh, Publicis Group, very large media company. We have some other uh, high net worth guys, but yeah, I mean, those guys are really big profiles. How long do you think it will take Blend to be actually profitable so i think we're probably going to need another 18 months we need basically to have more deals funding on the platform to get there one of the companies that recently went out of business did not have the records of the investment loans secured and um i don't know if you're familiar with that but one of the concerns that investors are having at the moment is if a, if a company or platform goes out of business how are they keeping the records secured um for accessibility should that need to be recovered to aid with the administration process. Can you explain to me how uh, Blend keeps its loan record? Yeah, so obviously we have a living will once, which doesn't have to be enough, but we obviously have the living will um, by the regulation, which is very important. But 
to be able to keep from the living world guys to be able to run the platform, you need uh, to pass in the database. So for us, we have the whole data saved on the, in a cloud, basically on Amazon servers, which is part of our own um, systems. And it's saved as well. And I think, I mean, that's probably a debate these days in peer-to-peer, -peer, or it will be, I think, at some point, but we use a payment service provider, which I think in that case can be very efficient because they have a copy of every transaction between, on the electronic wallets. Um, basically, they have access to all the data as well. So having a payment service provider, um, I think can be very useful in, in, the, in, the, in the scenario that things collapse. I mean, hopefully not for us, but in the scenario of those guys, I don't know what system they were using, but to have obviously two copies of the data in two different hands is a lot more, a lot stronger than having it mm -hmm. one hand only, I would say. Yeah, I would say definitely essential nowadays with the way that technology is. So let's talk about the collapse of Lendy. It's a uh, big talk in the peer-to-peer -peer world. For those of you who don't know, it was a property lending company, peer-to-peer uh, -peer that went into administration quite recently, um, had quite a large loan book, uh, several hundred million pounds. Um, Unfortunately, due to this collapse, and this is not the first collapse, obviously, in peer-to-peer -peer lending, but a lot of the investors and lenders are, are skeptical now of the property-backed lending sector. What advice would you give to somebody who is either invested in property-backed lending as a lender or you know, somebody that's interested in coming into Blend and, and, and buying loans through you guys and who is skeptical what would you tell them? What, what advice would you give them at the moment to make them feel more comfortable with this type of investing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, and Lendy is probably a good example, a lot of people are very focused on the loan-to-value. And we've learned that loan-to-value doesn't mean everything because I don't know what loan-to-value they had, but they were probably not at 100%, so you would think it was secured. But there's two things we, I would say, that are very important to check. I mean, first, back to what I was saying earlier, is management, who, who is doing the due diligence, what is the experience of the, of the team into the peer-to-peer -peer platform. And one thing that I think few, doesn't have to be platform, but few lenders made mistake historically on peer-to-peer -peer or maybe lending to, uh, in general, to property developers, is to lend the money in areas of the work growing. So we always, always use a monitoring surveyor that goes on site and tell us about the progress, how much has been spent. And once we get those reports, we release the money in arrears. And that's a key thing in development. Uh, if things were going wrong, at least you haven't paid the money out and you have enough cash to complete the project. Uh, if you give the money up front, I think it's, uh, it's very, very risky. We will never do that. What are your personal thoughts as far as the health of peer-to-peer of -peer lending in, in the sector in general? Are you obviously, I mean, you're in the peer-to-peer -peer lending business, so you must be bullish on it. But is the sector in general, do you, do you have a good outlook in general as, as what's going on with the sector? I mean, yeah, obviously I'm bullish on it. I believe in it as well. I'm in this business. But you look at the numbers as well, definitely the volumes are going and growing so fast, it tells you that the market is growing and is going into the right direction. Now, obviously there are some casualties at the same time and 
I'm not too surprised, to be honest. There, there needs to be casualties. Um, uh, in any market that is growing like that, it's never going to be perfect. And obviously, the casualties makes a lot of noise, which is normal. But I think there's, there's a massive potential. I mean, in our specific case, one business, thanks to probably what happened in 2008, uh, since the crisis, the bank's been a lot less active. And that opened the doors to massive opportunity to guys like us. And there's a need. On one side, we got our property developer guys who need to access cash. They cannot do their projects without uh, the money. And the other side, lenders are happy to invest, taking a bit more risk to get decent return rather than staying at the bank on very low returns. So there's clearly a need. And the fact that there's a need, um, the businesses, I mean, all those business peer-to-peer -peer is growing very fast. Now, people still have to be careful which platform they choose and, uh, and yeah, some platforms are clearly not doing as good as the others, but that's like any funds who invest into property, some will do better than the others, uh, and that's back to uh, who are running those uh, platforms and checking those deals, basically. Do you see peer-to-peer, -peer, the sector, sort of the amount of companies that are offering investments to people getting smaller and more consolidated as time goes on? Or do you think there's just going to be more and more players in the business and, and there will be continued casualties? As you mentioned, it's so important where you invest your money. But as a as a novice investor, maybe somebody that doesn't know one platform for another, how are they going to choose the right one? I mean, obviously they have resources like my website, but I don't cover every single company out there because I can't possibly invest in them all. But how, how does somebody pick the right platform for them? Yeah, I mean, I would say platform like yours is actually super useful because you help them comparing and doing your own due diligence on that. And I've been looking at the review on, on platform like yours is super useful. That's that's one very good way to pick and choose which platform you want to invest in. Um, back to your earlier question, um, do I think they're going to be more platform or? I think one thing I always say is in, in finance, there's always, there's never been a monopoly, there's never been one bank anywhere. There's always competition and they expect to have competition. I do think there's less, does feel to me there's less platform opening recently in the last six, nine months than there were a couple of years ago. Um, consolidation probably, but it's probably a bit early. I think it will happen a bit down the line. I mean, especially in property, I mean, you have, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of platform out there, but quite recent who haven't really passed the 100 million yet. Uh, maybe once the market gets a bit more mature, we'll see some consolidation, it's too early at this stage. And yeah, I think uh, choose your platform, as I said, is do your own due diligence, look at platform like yours to review every different platform. I think financial thing is a, is a great platform to do that and try to look, usually platforms should show their statistics. I mean, they shouldn't be uh, shy to show their performance. So if you look at uh, how many default the platform have, what returns they delivered, how many deals they have in arrears, uh, that's the best way really, uh, I think track record is, is a key thing. And that's what we're trying to build a strong reputation is with a track record. And I think Mm -hmm. Track record tells everybody everything. Someone doesn't want to give you that track record. It's not a good sign. I think they have something to But if they tell you that track record, 
then then you can make your own judgments of how the platform is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, going back to Lendy situation real quick, Yan, why do you think that um, other peer-to-peer companies are not stepping in and willing to take over the loan books of, of, the, of a collapsed company like that? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, when you read in the news that like, I don't know, 60% of Twitter or whatever you read in the news that the loans are going bust, you're worried about the quality of the origination and you don't want to buy a book. Uh, if it's, I mean, clearly, it raised already a red flag. What's the point of really dipping too much into it? I mean, maybe some. Sure. I think it would be more of fun buying the book at a massive discount. That's possible. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be good for the lenders. But for us, there's a lot of good deals out there. I'd rather go and start on a fresh good deal than looking at something that is distressed at the moment. Yeah, absolutely understood. I uh, just wanted to talk again about the loans that Blend Network offers. What is the location of the loans? Are you looking all across the UK or do you focus in certain geographical areas? We've been really literally all across the UK. We've done Scotland and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland has been a very good performer for us uh, because not many lenders were there. So we managed to charge sometimes a bit higher interest rate and literally the property has gone got sold very quickly. Um, we really like the regions. We probably, if there's one thing we're a lot more conservative is on London. We, we've been trying to avoid London since the beginning. We're looking at one deal at the moment, but it's a great opportunity, uh, very low on the loan to value, very good asset. But usually what happens is in London, they're going to be more lenders. So the rates are lower. We believe the risk, the risk can be higher because of the liquidity issue at the moment in London on the expensive asset. So the risk rewards ends up being terrible in London compared to the north of the country. So really like, literally from the north on the M25 up to Scotland, really like, uh, but the key thing for us is to keep the right price on the uh, on each asset. Like uh, if you're gonna do in the regions a uh, house for a million and a half pounds, I think we'll use struggle selling it. But if you're doing flats for 150,000 pounds, that's what the market needs at the moment. Does Blend Network offer some kind of an auto-invest program for people that are not experienced picking out loans and they don't want to do it manually? Or is everything strictly done manually? No, so you can do either manually or we have an auto-land feature. So the auto-land feature, you can set up your own criteria Let's say you don't want to lend below 9%, you don't want to lend after longer than 18 months. Um, you set up your own criteria, and when there's a new loan on the platform listed, if it matches your personal criteria, it will lend automatically. So it's a great way to diversify your risk across multiple loans. Last question for you. I'm going to give you a, a, a minute to pitch. <laughs> when there's so many companies that offer, obviously, property-backed lending loans, uh, what is it that makes Blend special? Why would somebody want to put their money and invest it through Blend versus the other companies out there? What you got to offer? I mean, I don't even think I need a minute. I think it'd be very quick, but we have experience basically. I mean, for us, we're very focused on the quality of the deals. We put every shoulder as a lender on the platform. That means we believe on our deals. As I said, again, I have lent on every deal so far that we have put on the platform. 
that means we really believe in our deals. Our focus is really, really on the deals. I mean, as I said before, I'm an ex-trader, so it's all about risk reward to me. Uh, obviously, we're in peer-to-peer and fintech, and it's a very exciting environment. But for us, peer-to-peer is purely a tool to syndicate the loans, so we can democratize the investment into like thousand pounds loans, so uh, most of the people can invest. Uh, it's a great tool, but it's not about peer-to-peer. It's about the loan, the underlying, at the end of the day. About making sure that the loans are actually high quality, or people can invest in it and feel confident that the correct due diligence has been done, which has been one of the downfalls in peer-to-peer in some cases with property-backed lending. Exactly right. And the reason why I think we have zero defaults, basically, uh, is because I think we've done that work. We've delivered what we promised so far about really spending a lot of time reviewing every deals. So. That is Blend Network for you, everybody. You are based in London, uh, Blend. I have actually been to Yan's office, like I said, and visited him in August of 2018. We'll probably go there again and shake his hand sometime <laughs> in 2019, make sure that they're still there doing what they say they're doing so I can bring that information to you. But you can check out Blend Network, and I'll put a link in the article below and also in the YouTube channel in the link in the description so take a look at their uh platform see what you think and uh thank you very much yan uh we appreciate you taking the time to yeah absolutely it's um it's been good i i i think you know in doing this type of interview is so essential i'm surprised it doesn't happen more i think some people are maybe a little bit afraid to ask difficult questions but (laughs) i know you as a founder of a company would want everybody to know as much as they can about you because you're, they're putting immense trust, you know, people giving money to to relative strangers. And this is why I always say I have to have the CEO on the camera. I don't want like a marketing or promotions person. I want the CEO so we can see what you're all about. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to do that for my readers. So peer-to-peer, face-to-face. Face-to-face, yeah. And we, and we don't get to do that very often, you know, because everything is technology-based. It's behind a computer screen. So um, stuff like this is, is kind of unique, and I get a kick out of it. So thank you again. Thanks. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up again soon. That's good. See you. You've been listening to the Financial Thing Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Don't forget to visit financialthing.com for all the latest peer-to-peer lending reviews and DIY investing articles. 